We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. I think I'll start off by telling you a story. When I was growing up, kid, I mean, you know, even younger than Owen, many years ago, it was the culture, more of the culture in this country, that there were certain things that men did and certain things that women did. Now, I know that's all changed now, for the better. But my father wouldn't really even know where the kitchen was. And that's kind of how I grew up. And uh, still thinking that there were you know, things that men did and things that women did. And then I got married. That was quite a revelation. Coming to see that... Mm, not everybody shared the same view. And uh, we had this system. We had this little flat because we wanted to live in a particular area, this particular area, and didn't have a washing machine or anything like that. Wouldn't have been space for it. I won't go into too much detail, but it was a salubrious place uh, over the top of Ada's transport cafe accessed through Mugger's Alley and climbing over a potato machine and waking up every morning to that beautiful smell of cooked breakfast. But it was coming from downstairs and it certainly wasn't going to be mine. We shared with the people upstairs the bathroom and toilet and it wasn't a, wasn't a self-contained flat. And it was wonderful, by the way. I was stockbroking. We could have lived anywhere. But this was wonderful, because it was a place that God gave us. But anyway, we developed a system that Dawn would get home before. She would put the washing in the laundrette. She had my car. I went on the bus. That wasn't my plan. My plan was to marry a rich girl with a really good sports car. That didn't work either. And this was the plan. She would come home earlier, put the wash in it. I would collect it. I don't know if I put it in the, probably put it in the dryer, bring it back. Then she would do the ironing. Then I would hoover the place, maybe clean the bathroom. I mean, this was a new territory to me. And here I am on this certain time. And I'm going hoovering down the stairs. And I'm getting to stair number four from the top. This is quite a few years ago, and this is how clearly I remember it. Stair number four. And I'm thinking, what on earth have I landed myself in? Why on earth am I doing this? This, is, this, is, this, this shouldn't be. At that moment in time, Almighty God gave me a revelation. It was the revelation of serving. It wasn't about the task. It was about who. It wasn't about what mattered 
in what you were doing. It was who you were doing it for and what was the motivation in your heart. And you know what? That transpires uh, everything. It takes over. It, it, it takes the place of all these other things. A revelation. And what I want in this short time, I forgot to look at the time I started, which is not a bad idea, because you're always, you can never be late then. I want to talk about and introduce you and then pray for you for a revelation of serving. See, revelation is not just knowledge, not just learning things, not just hearing about things that you ought to do or anything like that. This is something that goes deeper and brings you into the re a revelation. It's something that God illuminates, a truth that we can actually then live in the good of. And that's the heart of serving that we actually want to engage in. It is not about who can we get to accomplish these tasks. I mean, my, my parents lived to the extent of the revelation they had. So, and I grew up in that. And serving was being on this rotor or that rotor, and you had to do it because you were on the rotor. And there was no sense of joy or purpose or anything in it. In fact, I suffered that road to myself. I don't know how it came, but when you became 11 or 12 or something like that, you were then put on the rotor. It was an old tin hut, and it had a coke dove, which in the winter had to be lit. So I was on the rotor, get on my bike, ride to this place in the cold, that thing, it had demons in it. That, that thing would not like. And of course, if it didn't like, when people came, who was on the road to this morning? Ah. Oh. Mm. It was doing a job. I've been faithfully doing this job for many years. Really? How does the faith factor come into it? Where's the faith that produces joy and peace and understanding. So we're talking about an expression of heart. In fact, a very, very important expression of heart. Not really to focus on the task. The task is simply an opportunity, but on the purpose. A form of worship in giving ourselves. Colossians 3, verse 23 says... Whatever you do, whatever, do it as though it's for him. So it's an act of worship. It's something I'm given to him. When those people are out, now doing the children's work, they're involved. Yeah, externally, they're looking after the children and teaching the children. In actual fact, in a revelation and understanding of what God wants, they are worshipping him in this serving, they're doing it as though they were doing it for him, personally. The heart is what God looks at. Always, I mean, we look on the outside, we look at the task, we look at what people are doing. Uh, sometimes we notice it. Some things are more noticeable than others. If I stand here talking, it's noticeable. The guys that were setting up uh, early this morning or working the PA, 
We only notice that when it doesn't work. I mean, that's just the external. God looks on the heart. God looks on what's the purpose and the reason. He says in his word in Galatians 5.13, through love serve one another. So it is a vital and significant expression of love. It's a way in which we express love. And I love this, therefore, story in John chapter 13, when Jesus washed his disciples' feet. And in the few minutes that I've got, I just want to really take some time to look at that. Uh, let me set the scene. Uh, at a certain point in time, they come together. Uh, and the Bible says this. Catch this, because this, this is really key. These are the people that were closest to him. You understand? They walked with him all these years. Uh, it was a critical time. And he loved them. And he wanted to show them the full extent of his love. Now, he could have done a series of miracles. He could have done all sorts of things for them. But he wanted to show them the full extent of his love. So what does he do? Well, the evening meal was being served. And there was nobody there. The person who's supposed to have been washing the feet was not, I don't know, where, where were they? They're reclining at table. So there's my feet, all day long, dust, dirt, donkey dung. He has the joy of savouring my feet. Yes, all right, it's a ceremonial thing, but it's also a practical thing. Nobody wanted to do it. So they're looking around. Well, I'm very busy. I'm very, I, I, I can't really see what's going on around, but I am just looking to see hmm, if I catch your eye. Does it say that in the Bible? No. Were the disciples kind of a bit like us? Were they very different to us? So what happens is Jesus himself gets up prepares himself and comes and washes the disciples' feet. What's he doing? He's showing them the full extent of his love. This is how much I love you. I will serve you in whatever the need is. That's the demonstration of my love. Of course, he went on to lay down his life totally and completely them. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he'd come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal. Anybody here been born again in the Spirit of God? Yeah? You came from God. Anybody here headed for heaven? I mean, not immediately, but <laughs> in that direction. So there are people here who know they came from God and know that they're going, from, going to God that have the same basis of security that could allow them to do whatever was necessary, even if it was an unpalatable, even if it was the lowest task, 
It really didn't matter what it was. It was an opportunity to demonstrate the full extent of his love to those who he was closest to. What a moment. What a time. I think that's one of the most powerful, powerful passages and things that happened that is recorded. Because those of you who know the story know that he came to Peter. He said, no, well, you, can't, you can't do that. And so the Lord said, yeah, but I have to. I have to. You see, Peter had to learn this wasn't the performance of a task. This was a personal expression. And the Lord's saying to Peter, I don't want you to be excluded from this personal expression of love. Don't get tied up with the task. Get tied up with the fact, I have to do this. I have to demonstrate this so that you can also know that this is a personal thing. This is not just a, a general thing. An idea. How long? Hmm? Oh, he's looking at me. Yeah, from when I started. He's good. I've got 20 minutes. Did you hear that? Somebody testify to that? All right. What a cure. What a cure. There's people going all over the place trying to get issues of insecurity fixed, whether with therapy or performance or whatever. What a cure! Cure that can actually take the focus off of ourselves onto somebody else or onto some people. God's way of dealing, because He's given us the very root the very basis of insecurity, of, of the cure for insecurity. We can actually walk in this cure for self-focus. It's the opposite for looking after ourselves, the sacrifice, the denying self. You know, sometimes the enemy would say to us, well, what do you think you can do? I mean, you can't do this, you can't do that, and maybe you won't be good enough to do this, and you've got this concern that we were just hearing about earlier on, that if you, if you start something, you'll never be able to stop. I, I had that. I, I remember uh, when, uh, when I first really came to God, quite early on and uh, I was invited to be involved in children's work and I can remember it's, it's funny, all these years ago the memory came back to me I thought, hmm but what if I don't like it what if I don't like doing it so I'm stuck in it then well actually um, what I didn't know it was a doorway to something else started with a small group of children. I can't remember the time scale, but later on, we pioneered a, a, a children's ministry. We were ministering to 100 kids a week, just two of us or three of us, 
And it was just an amazing time. And then we went on to another thing and started pioneering new children's works in different places. Where did it start? See, we don't know what God's got in mind. We just do what he gives us to do. We just seize the opportunity that's put before. Actually, God was using that because he wanted to put me into doing something else. And then, a couple of years later, I ended up doing what I'm doing now. <laughs> God's got his purpose. But isn't it interesting? God's way is starting from where we are, whatever he's given us, whatever opportunity sets before us, really we don't have to worry about how long he's taking us where he wants us to be. We position ourselves exactly where he wants us to be. Our heart has to be for him. I've probably shown you this before and I'll probably show it to you again. But if I was standing here, can you look at me a moment? It's not that painful. If I was standing this morning and you would see me moving around, but you would see that I don't seem to move this arm, this one. There's something, something wrong with his body. He can't move that. He's got a part there, but it doesn't function. You see, so often and so clearly, God describes his church us, his body, like the human body. And the plan for the human body that is fit and well is that every part works. It, it, it's second only to the reality that every part belongs. Yeah. Because if you came along and said that part doesn't seem to be working and you had a knife, you said, let's just cut that off. There would be some objection from me. Yeah. Because the fact it belongs is more important than the thing that it does. But it's in the plan that every member is a functioning member, is able to serve. So, God will take us and lead us where he wants us to go. Uh, we don't have to be concerned, will I be stuck in this? Because if our life is given over to him and his purpose, he has the very thing that is best for us. You know, there's a, another scripture. We can get very tied up with, what is the will of God concerning me? We used to have long discussions and arguments years ago when I was growing up about what is the will of God. And it was always about, you know, should I be a missionary in somewhere or evangelist somewhere? It was never, you know, shall I set out chairs? That, that never seemed to come into it. But remember that God is more concerned with how we are and what we do is part of his route through to the development of what he wants us to be. That's why when we ask somebody to do something, we have a principle. We say, we don't just look for somebody to fulfill a task. We want a person to be helped, developed, expanded 
by being involved in this task. That's the primary thing. Otherwise, we're simply just seeing tasks fulfilled. Anyway, as this story goes on, and my time is nearly up, it comes to this. Uh, it's a wonderful story. And then it comes and it, it finishes like this. This is what you need to do. This is how you need to be. See, there's such a powerful message there that Jesus is showing the full extent of his love to those he loved by an act of serving. That he says to us, you know, through love, serve one another. What we're looking for, what God's looking for, and what he's prepared to give to us is that revelation so that we look beyond task and see that this is a way to express his love through us for his purpose. In 2 Corinthians 13 verse 4 it says, By God's power we will live with him and it adds a bit on the end, to serve you. See, his power enabling us to live his life, to live with him, is for a purpose, to serve you. What a sad thing to get the, God's power, the ability to live his life, to live with him, and miss the purpose. You know, it's a very sad thing when you see people that have totally missed their purpose in life. But his purpose for us is equipped by his power to live with him for the purpose of serving one another. That is a very, very precious and important thing. It has to be personal. I'm serving this person. Like Peter had to get the personal aspect of it. I'm serving this person as unto the Lord through love. Functioning members. You know, if we get to that part, let's think of the eight things that Elspeth just said, the kind of reservations. Do you know what? Don't they kind of melt away? Aren't they kind of obscured by the fact that God has shown me that I have a way of actually expressing his love and his life of ministering to others. Little phrase that I often use, God has equipped us, it's our choice, to be close enough to know, love enough to care, and willing to pay the price to do so. Let's pray. I said at the beginning, when I told a story, the difference between knowledge and teaching and revelation. I want to pray that you will gain a revelation of serving. Maybe you already have it. Nothing wrong then with getting more of a good thing. You want to see the heart of it. You want to see the purpose of it. Don't want to look at a lot of tasks and a lot of work and washing dirty feet and donkey dung and all that sort of external thing. 
You don't want to look at how much you can achieve or what notoriety you can get to by doing something or not doing it. You want to get the heart of it. The heart of actually seeing how we can express God's love through this way. You want that revelation? Seriously. I'm only wanting right now to pray that God the Holy Spirit will grant that revelation. We're asking God to confirm his word with signs following. That you will receive something from God by his Holy Spirit that transforms. Even if you are already serving in an area, it takes you into a whole new level, a new position, a new focus. If you would like me to join you in this prayer now, stand to your feet right where you are and we will pray. Holy Spirit of God, we just invite you now to confirm your word with this particular sign following that today you would grant by the power of your Holy Spirit the miracle of revelation. Lord, the insight, the Holy Ghost empowered ability to see something beyond the natural. To see something which is not gained by information but comes directly and purely from your heart to ours. Grant, Lord, to my brothers and sisters this gift, this revelation of the heart of serving for your glory and for your name's sake. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at lifelineuk. Thank you.